You know, it's kind of, it's um, different. I, I would, two years ago, on a Tuesday night, I would be leading a scout meeting. And yet here I am tonight. The Lord's amazing. Um, two really important things happened Sunday. First, it was Angela Burns' birthday. And uh, I had a kidney transplant 21 years ago on Sunday. And that's, the Lord is amazing. So uh, my message tonight is from Luke chapter 15. It's a parable of the prodigal son. This chapter is about repentance, grace, and self-righteousness. You know, before it, Zach, you did a great job last night. So this is all, also, this is a, uh, Pharisees part two, for those of you that didn't get enough of it last night, and I promise not to mention anything about WebMD tonight. Okay. So, we're going to go ahead and, and read the chapter. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him, and the Pharisees and scribes grumbled, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable, what man of you having a hundred sheep if he, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having, t having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And he said, There was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that's coming to me, and he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country, and there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. I bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field, and he came and drew near the house. He heard music and dancing, and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come. Your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him, received him back safe and sound. 
but he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him, but he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you, and you, I never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. So let's pray. Um, Lord Jesus, thank you for tonight. Thank you um, for your truth from your word. Lord, um, it's written that we may that Jesus is the Christ. And Lord, we just pray that these are your words. This isn't about Lee Burns. And Lord, we just thank you in your name. Amen. So really understanding this uh, chapter, it's verses 1 and 2. Those are the key verses. Now the tax collectors and sinners were drawing near to Jesus. He was approachable. He was no threat. Now the Pharisees were the highest level of Jewish society. They would not relate to sinners. They had to maintain a clean image. The Pharisees grumbling. You know, weren't they always grumbling? But um, this man receives sinners and eats with them. See, it was, it was bad enough to be with them, but it was ten times worse to be seen eating with them. But Jesus re- accepted them as equals, as human beings. And I didn't see this the first time, but, you know, Jesus was available. He was out there. He was involved. So what is a prodigal, prodigal anyway? It's somebody who spends money recklessly and wastefully. So the scene opens with the younger son asking for his inheritance. It's a, it's a disrespectful act. It's like saying to your father, I wish you were dead. Um, so for historical, so historical purposes, an inheritance, two-thirds would have gone to the older son and a third to the younger son. So he gathered all he had. So he would have received livestock, land, and possessions. So he wanted cash, so he sold it off. That's another disrespectful act to a living father. So he journeyed into a far land. That's a key word, far. You would think reading the chapter, he's just talking about getting away from the Father, but he's really getting away from God as far as he can. He's rejecting God. That's what Paul Lee talked about about six weeks ago, rejecting God. It's my life. I know what's best. I'm going to do it my way. So he's going to get, he thinks he can get away from God, but Proverbs 15.3 says, the eyes of the Lord are in every place. He, so he quickly squanders all his money. So no money, and then a severe famine hits the land. So a famine is a severe shortage of food. This is like a severe, severe shortage of food. It's like going into Wawa, and they don't even have any cups. I mean, that's a famine. <laughs> so he needed a job. He began, began working for a Gentile farmer feeding pigs. That would be a disgusting job for a Jewish person. Uh, Leviticus 11.7 says, And the pig, though it has a split hoof, does not chew the cud. It is unclean for you. Has anybody ever been around pigs? Not talking about your kids, about real pigs. Anybody been around pigs? What is it about? They smell. They're dirty. Okay, so our guy is so hungry. So he's so hungry, he was longing for the food that the pigs ate, but no one gave him anything. So he's broke, there's a severe famine, he hasn't eaten, and he's stuck with the pigs. Can you just feel the pressure 
being driven on him. So Proverbs 13, 15 says, good understanding wins favor, but the way of the transgressor is hard. You know, you always hear about, you know, the, the Super Bowl commercials and all the commercials during football games talk about how great all this stuff is, but they never talk about the consequences. So he came to himself. So, so what does that mean? Remember just two weeks ago when Ezra uh, talked to us about uh, Jonah chapters three and four. Repentance. It's a change of mind and a change of direction. This guy had a penitent heart. I have sinned. I am not worthy. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he literally changed his direction. He heads home. So while he was a long way off, his father saw him. His father was looking, watching. It reminds me of a, um, a Marine sentry. Most of you don't know, I was in the United States Marine Corps. I was uh, stationed at Willow Grove in the mid-80s. And um, every Marine is a rifleman, but we're also trained as guards, sentries, and doing security. Um, even tonight, there are uh, Marines in 135 countries serving on embassy duty, uh, providing security. And they're also on capital ships such as aircraft carriers. Um, all Marines are, we memorize our 11 general orders. Um, sir, my first general order is to take charge of this post and all government property in view. My second general order is to walk my post in a military manner, keeping always on the alert and observing everything that takes place within sight or hearing. Sir, my fifth general order is to quit my post only when properly relieved. His father saw him because he'd been watching and felt compassion. He ran and embraced the younger son. Notice that the father went running to the son. Um, another historical background, a patriarch never ran in that culture. They had long robes, they had sandals. And it wouldn't be good to see the patriarch going like this. Um, so it wasn't dignified. So the son, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. The father interrupts and asks the servants of the robe, ring, and shoes. He's forgiven before he even finishes what, he's, what he was planning to say. Now, the robe and the ring, it was to signify that he's back in his place as a son, and the shoes, were, he was willing to be a servant, but servants didn't wear shoes. So that's why they gave him the robe, ring, and the shoes. So why didn't the father send him away? Dads that are here, I mean, there's no lecture. There's no, you should have listened to me. No, I told you so. It was grace. God's grace. He received what he didn't deserve. So they bring the fattened calf. The fattened calf was uh, used on special and rare, rare occasions, fed a special diet probably from Chick-fil-A. So, so let us eat and celebrate, right? Everybody's happy, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a celebration. Everybody's happy, right? No, the older brother. So what I'd like to do is compare and contrast the younger brother and the older brother. The younger brother was respectful and called his dad father. Almost in every place you look, he calls his dad father. The older brother was very disrespectful. He said, look these many years, and this son of yours. The younger brother returned home. The older brother was working. He didn't even know what was going on. It was, um, I had talked to Ross about this several months ago. It was the older brother's job to go out and find the younger brother. 
The younger brother repented. I have sinned. I am no longer worthy. The older brother was just angry. The younger brother accepted the invitation to the celebration. The older brother wouldn't go in. The younger brother was willing to be a servant. The older brother considered himself to be a slave. The younger brother, I have sinned against you. The older brother, I have never disobeyed your command. The younger brother received the fattened calf. The older brother, you never even gave me a young goat. The younger brother attended the family celebration. The older brother wanted to celebrate with friends. The younger brother was humble. The older brother, he devoured your property with prostitutes. Can't you just feel the resentment? This isn't fair. The younger brother was dead, but is alive, was lost, and is found. But the older brother was just proud and arrogant. So what's Jesus trying to teach? If you haven't figured, it's, he's talking to the Pharisees here. What is he trying to teach? It's grace versus self-righteousness. What can we learn from the brothers in this parable? When, the, um, when we went with the youth group on the mission trip down to Kensington a few weeks ago, um, saw people in just terrible condition. And I was really torn inside how somebody could do that to, to themselves. And I talked to my friend Dave Edwards about it. And you know, we were created with a desire to worship. And not worshiping God creates a void. Have you ever thought about what that word void means? Vast emptiness. Think about that, vast emptiness. It's like if you moved and you know it's the last day and, and, and you're walking through the house checking to see if, you, if everything's gone and you, you know there's no chairs, there's no pictures on the walls, there's no nothing. Um, think of the sanctuary here. There's no lights, no chairs, no people, no stage, no instruments. Emptiness. But people try and fill that emptiness with drugs, sex, success, and wealth. Folks, I'm here to tell you tonight that void can only be filled by a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You saw Joe tonight. If you don't understand what's going on, what we've been talking about, if you are not sure, come and talk to one of us after the service. So why was the older brother so angry? Because it wasn't fair. I'm the good son. I couldn't be a sinner. Self-righteousness doesn't understand grace. In other words, there's no self in righteousness. The older brother says, look what I've done. But let's look and see what our favorite former Pharisee, Paul, has to say. In 1 Timothy 1, verse 15. This saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of who I am the foremost. So the King James, I think, calls it who I am chief. That's like as far from the left and the right as you can be. It's, what, it's about what Jesus has done for me, not what I've done for myself. We don't get to make the rules. Um, the part that really struck me the most, um, just a couple of days ago, when the younger brother needed the older brother the most, the other bro older brother was nowhere to be found. He was AWOL. He was absent without leave. He was busy. 
or worse, he just ignored his younger brother's plight. Folks, we have younger brothers and sisters in Horsham, Willow Grove, Abington, Doylestown, Chalfont, all around this area that need us. Do we have any of the older brother's attitude? So let's go back up to verse 1. Can I sit at a table with someone different from me? Skin color? You know, we've got an election coming up in a few months. Can you, could you sit at a table with someone who's a Democrat or a Republican? Am I accessible, easy to talk with? So do you have a prodigal son or a daughter at home? Uh, we do. Um, next to losing a child, I think having a wayward child is one of the most difficult things for a parent to deal with because there's nothing you can do. I want to encourage you, you know, we, I, we didn't go through the parable of the lost sheep or the lost coin, but it's a picture of, it's the idea of the shepherd looking for the lost sheep until he finds it. And it's just the idea, look, think of that picture of the woman tearing the house apart until she finds the coin. God is on the job. So what can we do? So Celia and I pray every day. Pray for a change of mind and a change of direction. Pray for repentance. And just like that Marine Sentry that we talked about, assume your post and don't quit until you're properly relieved. It may be difficult, it's going to be hard, but remember Martry's message when he talked about Jesus and Joshua? You can do it. And I want to close with a quote from um, Eagles head coach Doug Peterson's book, Fearless. It's Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, there's some tough stuff here tonight. Um, Lord, I know there's folks in the audience tonight that um, have a son or a daughter, and this really touched their hearts. Lord, I, I pray that they would know that you're in control, that you're in charge. Um, Lord, there might be someone here that really doesn't understand what we're talking about, what the baptism was about, what, what does it mean to have Jesus as a Savior. Lord, I pray that... Um, just pray that you would work in folks' hearts tonight, Lord. In your name, amen.